Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. As if the McCrispy couldn't get any better, Bacon and Ranch just entered the chat. The Bacon Ranch McCrispy, available at participating McDonald's for a limited time. Davis steps under center. Gibson and McClendon behind it. Davis with motion by Richard. Will get the ball to McClendon. He leaps. Oh, he doesn't get in. He fumbled the football. Carolina holds. The game is over. And Carolina has won the game. Finley to throw. Over the middle. Intercepted. Wolfuck again. Wolfuck the other way. At the 30, the 40, Wolfuck to midfield. Miles Wolfuck with the pick. The heels on the doorstep of an enormous victory. Left side of the line. Hood standing to Williams' is right. Williams going to throw. One-on-one. Davis has it. Touchdown. Carolina wins. Carolina is the Coastal Division champion. Bernard fields it at the 26. Heading to the far side. Gio at the 35. Gio, he's at the 50. No, he's not. Yes, he is. Gio, he's going to take it for a touchdown. Are you kidding me? Connor Barth for the possible win. Snap. Spot. Kick away. High enough. Long enough. It's good. It's good. Heel Tough Blog Podcast. Hey guys, and welcome to another edition of the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. It's your host, Anthony Pagnata, with you as always. And today, it is time to take a look at two of Carolina's transfers that they are landing from the portal. Nate McCollum and Derek Allen, both coming over from Georgia Tech, and Benjamin Tankersley of From the Rumble Seats, which is the SB Nation site that covers Georgia Tech Athletics is going to be stopping by with us. But before we do that, we have to talk about a game that we should have been talking about before we t- we got to today. And I wanted to do this out of respect for the other man that hosts this podcast on a pretty consistent basis, Josh Marlowe. He is a Dallas Cowboy fan, as you guys have come to know over the years. And over the weekend, Sam Howell... The Tar Heels quarter, the former Tar Heel quarterback, who is in his rookie season with the Washington Commanders, got his first career start against the Dallas Cowboys, a team, by the way, that was playing not only for a chance to win the division, but for a chance to be the number one overall seed in the NFC if things broke their way. Sam Howell was starting on the other side. And he found a way to take down the Dallas Cowboys. And 
I'm going to spare Josh on this one. I'm going to talk a little bit about the performance, and then we'll get to Benjamin Tankersley to talk about some guys that are currently on this year's roster. Um, but this was just, just a special moment, to say the least. Um, he is a guy that I think Tario fans have come to greatly appreciate for his time in Chapel Hill. One of the most accomplished players in program history, the most accomplished quarterback in program history in terms of just statistics. Um, you know, I think a lot of people, there's the conversation that is currently going on um, that extends into, you know, the career of Drake May here as to whether or not the Toriels, with the struggles that they've had defensively, um, with, you know, some of the, the issues that they've had winning, uh, whether it's been on the road, this year, late in the season, um, if they're wasting careers of guys like this at the quarterback position. But Sam Howell really did some special things in Chapel Hill, and that's why all of all eyes in Tar Heel Nation were on him the other day when he got his first career start at home against Dallas, and he was simply outstanding. Um, I, I thought, you know, look, it wasn't the best performance that you're ever going to see from a quarterback, but I think for the situation that he was in, you couldn't have really asked for much more. Um, to come out first uh, snap that he takes, he throws a touchdown. Unbelievable. The first pass that he throws at the NFL level right to Terry McLaurin, and immediately Washington is on the board early uh, with the touchdown. So you, you, it was just a great overall performance from him. I thought, you know, he did have the one mistake. I, I thought, you know, it was a second and goal. He throws into basically triple coverage and gets intercepted when he had a route uh, short that he probably could have picked up two, three yards, even if it doesn't get to the end zone. I think there would have been a chance for it to possibly even get into the end zone and score there. But look, those are things that are going to happen, especially in your first game when things are moving as fast as they probably were for him out there. But I thought, you know, there were a couple throws in that second half that I thought were really, really special and show what the strength of Sam Howell is going to be. Um, you know, one of them I thought was his touchdown run, um, and he had a few great runs in that second half, but that one in particular was really, really special. It really resembled, in my mind, uh, a lot of what we saw last year from him, and primarily, you know, the play where he scores the touchdown. I, I think that one was w almost... I Identical to the touchdown runs that he had last year against Miami. Just running through multiple players and finding a way to get into the end zone despite taking uh, some big hits from NFL defenders. And that was one of the things that you wondered, would that be able to translate over? The toughness, you know, going against some of these bigger NFL bodies, these more athletic guys, would his running ability still be effective? And it was in this game. And I think that's going to be one of his strengths at this level. One of the other strengths for him, I think, is going to be that deep ball. And he showed it off in this game. He had two in particular that I thought were just outstanding. One that was dropped in the third quarter by Jahan Dotson, uh, just 
a perfect dime from him, dropped it right in there, and unfortunately Dotson couldn't hold on. But I thought the second one to Terry McLaurin, just a beautiful throw. Needed it at that time as well. It was an extremely important throw, and McLaurin did a good job to haul it in, but it was about as good of a pass as you can throw. The question now is for Sam. Is this a place where he can now become a starter? And I think the answer is yes. The future of the quarterback position in Washington is definitely a cloudy one. I think everybody and their brother at this point knows that Carson Wentz is not going to be back with that team, nor should he. The fact that he started in Week 17 was a complete joke, to be honest with you. And whoever was behind that decision, and it seems like, you know, from what the team has done after the conclusion of their regular season, firing Scott Turner, the offensive coordinator, it makes you wonder if he was the guy that ultimately made that decision. But man, uh, he, he, he has been just terrible these last few seasons at times. Uh, you know, he had some good moments with the Colts, but really struggled towards the end. And in Washington, was absolutely awful. So you don't imagine that he's going to be back. And then with Taylor Heineke, you know, he's a free agent. He's a guy that has done some good things there. But I think we've seen the peak of what he can do with the commanders. There's a reason that they didn't start him in Week 17, that they felt like Carson Wentz was maybe going to give them a better opportunity to win. So I think that's going to be something that's going to be interesting to monitor this offseason is can Sam Howell overtake that starting job with the Washington commanders? And I think he's got a really good opportunity to do so based off of this game. You can't put too much into you know what he showed on Sunday uh, in terms of him you know that's what he is at the NFL level uh, I think there is you know plenty of room still for improvement um, and you also can't say that he's going to be a guy that's going to turn it over in the red zone too often so uh, it's definitely a really strong performance to start with I think Greg Olson put it very very well on the broadcast though the biggest thing to take away from what he did on Sunday was something that you know we really didn't get to evaluate as much from just watching at home and watching on television and it's how he handled himself on game day you know how did he handle all the lead up to the game was he a guy that you know was under control and you know had this locker room ready to go is he a leader is he showing that leadership ability we saw you know the video in the locker room after the game and it, it looked like his teammates responded pretty well to him. It looked like he had a good command of the huddle, but that's what Washington and their staff has to evaluate moving forward. Ron Rivera looks like he's going to be there for another year, so ultimately it's up to him and whoever he hires as the offensive coordinator to make the decision as to whether or not they feel like Sam Howell uh, has done enough to, you know, at least give himself a shot to win uh, the starting quarterback job next season. And uh, I think it's one, it's a situation that, you know, look, there's a lot of guys that go to the NFL level from, you know, every year from 
every program throughout the country. Carolina is no different than that. And, you know, just look at the guys from this past year's draft class. Joshua Zudu with the New York Giants. Marcus McKeithen with the New York Giants. Um, those are guys that we are going to monitor moving forward. But with Sam, it's just a little bit different. So Tar Heel fans will definitely have their eye on their former quarterback and see if he can find a way to win that starting quarterback battle heading into next season. So uh, that is our look at Sam Howell and a tremendous performance that he had against the Dallas Cowboys. It's always nice to see the Cowboys lose, but it's especially nice to see Sam Howell be the guy that beats them. Guys, when we come back, it's Benjamin Tankersley from the Rumble Seat blog. SB Nation, he is going to be stopping by with us to break down what the Tar Heels are getting in slot receiver Nate McCollum and safety Derek Allen from the Georgia Tech team that he has covered for the last few years. Make sure you stick around on this edition of the Heels Up blog podcast back right after this. The NFL playoff picture is locked in, and my go-to place for wildcard round action is DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off the road to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat bet each day of the wildcard round this weekend. Just place any NFL bet of your choice, and if it loses, you'll get a free bet back up to $10. Action so good, why bet NFL playoffs anywhere else? This is the app, guys, that I have used throughout the entire season. I've won plenty of money, and I have to go and bet on my New York Giants this weekend. I feel like they've got the chance to go up to Minneapolis and pull off the upset I'm going to place my bets on DraftKings Sportsbook right now, and I encourage you to do the same. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the promo code TPPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NFL and get 200 in free bets instantly, only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. There are plenty of ways to find out everything that you need to know about Tar Heel football and basketball. Just go to Facebook, search at Heel Tough Blog, and find the Heel Tough Blog Facebook page and like it. When you do everything, the articles, the podcast, all in one central location on your timeline. Not a big Facebook user? Head over to Twitter. At Heel Tough Blog on Twitter, make sure you give it a follow, and you can follow the personal pages of our talents here at the Heel Tough Blog, at HTB Anthony for Anthony Pagnata, myself at HTB underscore Josh for Josh Marlowe, and at Hack Zubbard two for our recruiting analyst Zach Hubbard. Hey guys, welcome back in Heel Tough Blog Podcast. Anthony Pagnata with you guys as always, and it is time to take a look at two guys that Carolina landed from the transfer portal from ACC, now former ACC coastal rival, Georgia Tech, uh, and uh, two guys that should be a, you know, a pretty significant part of what Carolina does next season. And to do that, we bring in Benjamin, uh, Benjamin Tankersley. Uh, he covers uh, the he, he covers Georgia Tech for the From the Rumble Seat 
uh, blog, uh, which is a part of SB Nation, uh, and uh, really appreciate him taking some time out to talk to us today. First of all, Benjamin, I know uh, you know we've been trying to get you on here throughout this week and everything, but you've been going through a move and everything like that. So how's everything going uh, with that? Uh, I-, I know it's probably got to be extremely stressful. I think we've all been through uh, the moving, uh, and it's definitely not the funnest thing. No, you are absolutely right there. Uh, things have been moving. Um, I guess not really pun intended, but uh, <laughs> it happens. Um, but yes, uh, things have been progressing. We are still waiting on the house to get finished. Um, but yeah, we are making progress there. Well, we hope that this will be a little bit of a relief for you, talking a little bit of uh, football. And look, let's let's start with the guy that I think most people want to know about. Uh, you know, the most. Because it's probably the either the most or second most productive guy that Carolina added in the transfer portal. And that slot receiver, Nate McCollum. Now, I think the thing that people have to realize as well with him is that not only was his production just impressive overall, 60 catches, 654 yards, and three touchdowns, but he also did this while in a system where even though they are trying to get away from the triple option that Paul Johnson ran there isn't exactly an air raid offense. So what exactly are the Tar Heels getting in McCollum and and where do you think he sort of fits in at Carolina? Uh, Well, like you said, um, McCollum is slot receiver. I think uh, he's definitely a very short-handed guy. Um, one of my writers um, helped create this uh, database for advanced stats called GameOnPaper.com. Uh, I would definitely recommend you check that out. Uh, and it tracks several different advanced stats. Um, one of the less advanced stats it looks at is catch rate, which is just the number of catches that a uh, receiver makes um, uh, compared to the targets. Uh, and Nate McCollum was sitting at 88% last year. So he got 88% of the passes um, that were targeted to him, which – I was actually looking at the stats for North Carolina, and uh, they did not have a single receiver with at least 20 targets that came close to 88%. Uh, The closest that I saw was uh, Josh Downs, who was at 81%. Um, Granted, that was several more targets, but um, it was something that I thought was worth noting. Um, He was definitely one of the favorite targets of both Jeff Sims and Zach Pyron this year. Um, We had a bit of a shuffling with quarterbacks with injuries and um, several other things going on. Um, But with McCollum, I think you get a guy that, uh, like I said, is very sure-handed receiver, good route runner is a guy that honestly, I think it's easy to root for. Uh, Follow him him on Twitter. He's just a fun guy to follow. Um, Always posting about stuff that he's doing with the team, uh, different things like that. So when you look at him, you know, and you said, you know, he's a very shorthanded guy, which I think is definitely something uh, that Carolina wants. It's interesting because Kobe Pesor definitely targeted more than 20 times. He's probably the guy uh, that most people are looking at and thinking if it's not McCollum, then uh, he would be the guy in the slot. But if somebody that's that reliable, you know, we saw it a little bit at times with Josh Downs during his career, 
uh, especially when you go back to a guy like Ryan Switzer. So, you know, how in terms of him, you know, moving up to an offense that is going to throw the ball a little bit more, uh, we still don't know exactly what the offense is going to look on, like under new offensive coordinator Chip Lindsey. You know, what do you think his ceiling is? Could this be a guy that gets to, you know, a thousand yards receiving, maybe double digit touchdowns? Uh, I mean, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, I think he might be a bit controversial for some of your listeners, but I mean, I think he's a very comparable receiver to Josh Downs. Um, Same, uh, essentially the same build. Uh, Downs might have a little bit of speed on him, but um, I think you could see very similar numbers. Um, He was far and away Georgia Tech's best receiver uh, in pretty much every metric. And uh, like you said, he's going to be in an offense where they're going to be passing a lot more. Uh, Even with Chip Lindsey, I don't think he's, quite as much of an air raid guy as uh, North Carolina may be used to, but who's actually a guy that I wanted Georgia Tech to hire last year. I hmm. uh, like that he brings in kind of a blend of some air raid concepts and then also some uh, more option RPO-based stuff. Uh, and personally, I thought it was a phenomenal hire. Um, like I said, one that I wish Georgia Tech had made last year instead of hiring Chip Long, but uh, they didn't ask me who to hire, so. They went with the wrong chip. Yeah, uh, it, it's it's definitely an interesting one. But hey, that's encouraging that that you guys are you know you, you thought it would be a good hire yourself. Um, and yeah, it, it'll be interesting to monitor McCollum and how he fits in there. Now let's go over to the other side of the ball because Carolina goes and gets Derek Allen, a uh, former four star safety, a guy that transferred in from Notre Dame, um, played two years at Georgia Tech, and then. Uh, is now heading to Carolina where he will play with his brother, Marcus Allen. This is one that I think, you know, more than really any of the other pickups that Carolina has, probably more of a rotational guy than anything. Um, and that's kind of the role that, that he filled at, at Georgia Tech, right? Is that kind of the role you think is best suited for him uh, at Carolina this upcoming season? Uh, yeah, I would agree. Uh, he came in, uh, like you said, former four-star prospect, and there was a lot of excitement around him when he first came in. Um, came in, sat on the bench behind uh, Tariq Carpenter, uh, who ended up was either a late-round draft pick or went undrafted uh, and played for the Packers for a little bit. Um, but the thought coming in this year was, is he going to start? And then he didn't. He was passed by a younger player, uh, the Miles Brooks, another former four-star recruit, who just passed him on the depth chart. And I think he saw this opportunity to come play with his brother uh, in essentially what would be a sim- similar role as a rotational guy in the back, um, in the secondary. And, I mean, I just think it was an easy decision for him. He wanted to be with his brother and um, fill a similar role. Well, you mentioned, which first of all, LaMiles Brooks, we saw him in the game that Carolina played them late in the season, extremely talented player and one that uh, will definitely be worth keeping an eye on over the next few years. But why do you why do you think that he struggled to really take over that starting role? Because I remember watching him, you know, at some camps coming out of high school and as a four-star, I, I thought he lived up to the billing. What, what do you think is really his biggest issue right now, maybe the, the thing that's limiting him the most? Um, I will say, I don't know that he's necessarily the best coverage guy, but I think he typically fits better as a strong safety anyway. So coverage isn't quite as important as run support there. Um, I don't know where exactly the disconnect happened, um, whether it be just lack of development at one stop or really what happened. 
Um, I know in general, um, prior to this last year, Georgia Tech's just focused on development as much as Jeff Collins is screaming it from the mountaintops. It was just non-existent. Um, there have been several rumors that Jeff Collins was more involved than he should have been in the position coaches doing their jobs and was a bit of a micromanager. And I think that impacted several players development uh, throughout his tenure. Um, but this last year, uh, George Tech brought in um, Traveris Tillman to be the new uh, defensive backs coach. And everyone was noticeably a lot better, especially after Jeff Collins was fired halfway through the season. Like he saw, especially the defense take a massive step forward. So um I will say I'm not as familiar with North Carolina's coaching staff, uh, so I don't know what kind of, um, I guess, development prowess um, your secondary coach has. But I think if it's a good situation, I mean, you may see him be able to continue to develop a little bit more and uh, maybe see some of that promise. Yeah, it's kind of hard to tell. You know, Charlton Warren was in his first year back at Carolina, but if you look back at some of the other stops that he had in his first time in Chapel Hill, then uh, it, it makes some sense. Uh, you know, he had a guy that uh, was here when he was first he, when he was here the first time, Donnie Miles, um, who really was a guy that was box specific, and I think that would kind of be what you would hope Derek Allen uh, could become. Um, I got to say, though, I, I know you guys saw some uh, better development there late in the season. Really wish you would have held on to Jeff Collins a little bit longer. That would have been much appreciated. <laughs> but unfortunately, uh, you guys went ahead and made that move. But, man, uh, Brent Key did a heck of a job down there. Uh, we are going to see uh, him again next year. We travel down to Atlanta uh, to see you guys. So, uh, hey, we'll have to definitely stay in contact and uh, – Definitely help uh, each other maybe preview uh, that upcoming matchup this season, although I know Toriel fans are looking forward uh, to that next time they do not have to play Georgia Tech during a season. But, hey, Benjamin, thanks so much for stopping by with us, man. We really appreciate you uh, helping us take a look at some of the guys that we're bringing in. Absolutely. Thank you for having me on. All right. Appreciate it. So we want to thank Benjamin Tankersley for stopping by with us to help us talk a little bit about those two important additions to the Tar Heel team for the 2023 season. Guys, make sure you head over to the website, HeelToughBlog.com. Check out everything that we've got up there for you. Of course, we have you covered with everything that's going on with uh, the offseason. And the biggest storyline that we've had here over the last couple of days has been the departure of Dre Bly, mutual parting of ways between him and Mac Brown. So check that out. We've got an article up on the website to tell you why. While it is a tough move, it is definitely the right move for Carolina moving forward. And we also have the uh, coaches, should they stay or should they go? Dre Bly is in that article, but uh, go back and check out some of the other polarizing names. There's three other big names on this coaching staff. We tell you whether we think they should stay for another season or if their Tar Heel coaching career should be over. And also, make sure that you guys are checking out all of the stuff that we have up there about the transfers. Carolina has landed nine guys. We don't have anything up there about Tom McGinnis just yet, but uh, we will hopefully be able uh, to get a little more information on him. And once we do, we've got, we'll have you covered on both the podcast 
and the article side of things. Make sure you guys are also checking out the basketball content that we have over there on the website. Carolina 11-6. It's not the start that I think a lot of us envisioned for this Tar Heel team, but they head on the road to take on Louisville. We'll have you covered with everything, including Armando Baycott and Pete Nance's status on the website, HeelToughBlog.com. Also check out both podcasts at the top of the page. There are tabs for both of those or wherever you subscribe to your podcast. And when you do, make sure that you give us a uh, subscribe so that you don't miss any episodes of either podcast. So that wraps it up for this edition of the podcast. want to thank Benjamin Tankersley for stopping by with us. want to thank you guys for listening. And as always, go Tarius! to this edition of the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. If you could, make sure you head over to wherever you listen to your podcast, find out where you can rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast, and go ahead and do that for us. The rating and reviewing, that helps us to move up some of those rankings, and the subscribing, that is for you, so you don't miss any editions of the podcast coming up. We look forward to you being a part of the Heel Tough Blog Podcast family moving forward, and thank you once again for listening to this edition.